I'm going to go back on the funeral. Um, not the funeral. The like the first day that he, of, of him passing, I think. Um, because I don't have that experience with my granddad per se. Um, okay. I was abroad when granddad passed, and um, I got the phone call uh, from my mum, who it was her dad and she was quite upset very upset actually obviously um and I remember getting off the phone with her and feeling like instant relief <laughs> yeah um because I knew that he'd been trying to trying to die I guess is how you would say it. it was a very like he was very aware of everything around him and he knew what he was doing yeah um, so and it it was weird because he used to wind God, he used to wind the uh the, the nursing home up something chronic because <laughs> they'd say to him like come on you've got to you've got to do your daily exercises and you've got to get out of the bed and you've got to get out of the chair and he just point blank refuse um but then he yeah, sorry no no carry on but then he'd like expect everybody else to do things around him so like if he needed something <laughs> like he yeah it gets to the point where i'm like I'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get out of this chair but the remote control's over there so i'm gonna ring the bell <laughs> And get a carer to come and and do it, which is absolutely horrific. Like my mum would get phone calls repeatedly. Oh crikey! Yeah. My um, my my granddad always refused to go in a care home. He he did live in his bungalow until he had to be put put in hospital because because he had a fall. Um, I mean, he had a fall and he hit his head on the TV unit and it was um, glass, so it shattered. Um, so he, he became very frail and they, he was put into a hospital because of these mini strokes he was having. But he was very lucky in the sense that he was looked after so well by my, my aunts and other members of my family that he didn't have to go into a care home. He was at home with his dog, um, and he did, he did really well. He did really well. That's good. I, I can imagine he would have caused absolute uproar in a care home like your granddad <laughs> if he was put in one. Um, but he he enjoyed being with his dog. And so, sometimes I'd go in and there'd be like digestive biscuits in the dog bowl. And I'd be like, what are you feeding pickles this for? And he'd be like, oh, he likes them. He likes them <laughs> with, his, with his tea. Um uh, he did. He did get normal dog food. Just a disclaimer. <laughs> but, yeah. but I'd go in, and he'd be like feeding him digestive biscuits and things. That's a very another very British thing to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the dog tea and biscuits. Yeah, oh. my, he he was he was really funny. He was really funny. How did you when you saw him have like an um? A relapse or a deterioration or moment or whatever like did he how did how did you feel like if you saw that um so I I was wasn't there near the end I moved I moved away um from the towns so I wasn't in the same town all the time but there was a scare a few a, a few months I think a couple of months before he died um where we thought he would have done so or that he would be soon mm. um so we went we went to see him and we went and had a cup of tea with him and he he never made it like I don't I don't think he was aware enough to make it about him so we're just saying you sit there you'll be all right and he's going would you like a cup of tea um and then he'd say things like oh the weather's been bad today isn't it or the weather's been good he'd have no recollection of the weather but it was just one of the questions that he'd he'd ask um 
and then he'd go how are you are you okay um and then he'd go back to do you want a cup of tea do you want a drink um and then we we all gave him a, a cuddle and everything and then and then left um I think maybe I saw him once or twice after that. Yeah. Um, and then the the news came, uh, and and it wasn't a massive shock. He was he was in hospital, and my sister had been going to see him and stuff, and he enjoyed seeing seeing my niece. Mm. Um. Um. Yeah. So he. I, I found it very surreal every time I'd leave the care home. Yeah, that it was coming. Yeah, and you don't you don't know whether that's like we all left like giving him a hug and a kiss goodbye and like getting in our car and it just felt sort of wrong in a sense like that could be the last time. Mm. Um, I mean, my sister seeing him a few more times when he was in the hospital, she obviously saw of him him more as like more frail and everything. Um than what he was before um but it, it is a sort of surreal moment like is that gonna be the last time I see that person that's been such a big part of my life yeah um it's it's such a strange feeling to to lose someone because you you it sounds really cliche but you do know they'll always they'll always be there and there'll be something that you're, you're doing or you're having a conversation about something with someone or you go somewhere and you you will remember that person and be like oh that that's that reminds me of granddad or it's it's really strange how how someone's taken from you but they're still with you and that's that's that is really cliche to say and people will be like oh, oh shove off it doesn't but until you've <laughs> lost someone you don't realize how little signs and things yeah um make you think of that person so often that they are they are with you yeah I think I think um I really resonate not not necessarily with my granddad on that one but definitely my dad yeah there's no way I can't even like I don't like going to the grave yeah. because he's not there um, yeah but he is in practically every other sentence I say yeah um, because like my granddad was quite I can see I can see granddad in my mum a lot more um, yeah. which makes perfect sense really um and I can see you know when, when my granddad was absolutely loved football absolutely loved um you know gardening and stuff like that and you'd, you'd see certain flowers and you'd know right well that was in granddad's garden and tomatoes tomatoes is a huge yeah. one yeah. like my like my granddad had a a, a tomato uh almost factory in his greenhouse <laughs> and I remember like always going and he'd if I oh the tomatoes are ready try this and yeah, I hated but... tomatoes I hate tomatoes like I really <laughs> don't I was just about to say there's nothing better than like freshly grown tomatoes compared to ones you get in the packet and you're like I hate tomatoes I despise them but it's true like it's like I'll do it honestly like there's literally one tomato in my entire life that I loved <laughs> like it's like I can pinpoint I was in Cyprus and I had it <laughs> in a baguette with a loomy and I remember saying I like this tomato and that was it <laughs> like, one positive tomato experience <laughs> one positive beef tomato experience from the Mediterranean um and I think I, I don't say that my hatred for tomatoes is because of his tomato factory <laughs> but I do I do um 
like the smell reminds me of granddad the you know the tiny yeah, the tomatoes strong, the strong smell of tomato plants yes yes it's, and then when you're cutting them up and they're just it, it's a weird sensation to take up oh, granddad um mm. it is weird but it's and it's fond it's not a yeah. oh my god get out my kitchen kind of memory it's but like it's, I know it's like how it reminds you of how great like you you can literally close your eyes and you you'd be in his greenhouse yes yeah that sort of thing like you it takes you right back to like when you were a child and you'd be right there and you can that's that's it that they they are with you like Mm. there's there's no doubt about it and meals as well fish and chips for sure yeah um you know i remember my granddad smelling of fish smelling of fish and chips (laughs) the musk of tomato um i mean i lost my nan a lot earlier than that i don't really remember that much um yeah that's very similar to to my to me losing my nana um, I I was about 10 and I and maybe even younger maybe even younger than that I think she died in like 2000 and it was either 2009 or 2010 no I yeah. think it was 2009 and I I would have been 10 that year um but I remember being told and sort of just having sort of like an it's sort of like an out of body experience, just like, just like going to. I think my dad told us, and I went and hugged him. I, I don't, I didn't cry or anything. I didn't, I was just sort of a bit taken aback with it. Mm. Where, and I was sort of like having, it's really strange to say, but like an out of body experience, like watching my sister be in absolute tears because she's slightly older than me and and I I honestly just it was just like I was I don't know like I don't know just completely taken aback Mm. that was like your first death as well that you'd experienced yeah yeah so I that my nan was the first effort the first death I experienced the first funeral I went to all of all of that all through my my nan it just she I like I remember her be, being a lovely woman she I remember quite a few things about her but not enough to to I don't know because it was so long ago and I was so young that mm. they're, they're, they're there one day and then they're not you mm. don't it's probably very different for a lot of different people um because I at my like at my granddad's funeral my older cousins that are of the same generation but because my dad was the youngest child I'm I'm 20 and my cousins are like in their 30s and 40s so they've had a lot longer to like have the really funny quirky stories of like nan and granddad and even my older siblings in a sense have much more of that like we used to all go away in the caravans together and there'd be like a whole group of us around Mm -hmm. and me and my sister were quite young but my other siblings that would come with us my half siblings they have these really really fond ridiculous memories of being in my grandparents caravan and like being laid on the floor and my nan like going to the toilet next to their head in a bucket or something just like the most ridiculous stories that they have and I I I feel like I lost out on that yeah I know I know exactly how you feel there definitely my my brother's uh, older than me by 14 and 13 years and when when dad passed and all of a sudden these memories started coming up in people's heads I felt like I had a different childhood to them completely like it wasn't it wasn't connected at all um 
and I knew a different dad too which was even weirder um yeah. I, I remember with with my nan sitting in the bathroom almost forcing myself to cry because I thought that's what you had to do yeah yeah like I I felt guilt when my nan died I sort of felt guilty in the way that I went through a whole funeral and and like being told that she died and, and I didn't shed one tear I sort of felt that that's that was sort of guilty on me mm. yeah you do uh, feel guilty for sure because you feel like that's the done thing to have been done mm. but I've had the experience of not not having sort of like any emotion and feeling sort of like a an ice block in a sense mm. and and then being in absolute floods of emotion at my my granddad's funeral like a literally a roller coaster at my granddad's funeral of like people getting up like my older cousin's getting up into talking about how he used to go to work with him at the weekend um and and just like different weird etiquette things that they used to do when they were going to work together and we were just like all in fits of laughter laughing about about my granddad and how funny he was and then and then like you, it hits you that that person that's such a big light in everyone's life isn't there because even though he was really ill for so long he he did have such a still that big sort of like funny side of him still found a way to get to you mm-hmm. e- even if there was nothing else that resembled him it, it, that that was it yeah yeah. It's, it, it's a weird spectrum and it's weird what death does to different people it's yeah. really weird I, I I don't actually like reading the the five stages of grief blurb because sometimes even now like I, I, I could literally just throw that book out of the window and go that's a load of hogwash um obviously you know you, you do experience them you know you do experience anger and and acceptance and then depression and then and whatever at each stage and and bounces between the lot and and everything and I think it is basically saying that you know it's okay to feel whatever you feel um but they don't really mention you laugh at guilt I don't think is is really or guilt of not feeling like you should be feeling yeah yeah um, I think that's because I've I've never really heard properly and in depth about the five stages of grief um I mean I'm only I'm only now coming up to 22 so experiencing the grief that I have experienced has all all of them have been elders in my life so you know that someone when they get to a certain age is gonna is is going to pass away eventually that's that's the stages of life you you're born you grow old you die like that's that's what the life cycle is supposed to happen um so and all of the deaths I've experienced minus my nans I mean I was quite young when she passed away um the other deaths in my life that I've experienced have all been through them having some form of illness so you know that I I've known that that person is deteriorating and as much as it it's upsetting and it hurts you know it's gonna happen Mm, yeah um and yeah, I just uh, the the yeah people deal with things very differently, and I think putting a label on it and saying you you sort of you have to feel these things yeah is sort of bizarre in a way because everyone deals with things very differently, and it's like sticking a sticker on it and going, well, you've got to feel it like that. Well, yeah, because you if somebody's not feeling that then 
it's like I say it's the guilt side of it but they they feel you know I, I remember feeling like I said guilt but numb is not part yeah. of it. So, so the five stages is basically like denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And they're not in order. Like you can go and bounce between like denial, acceptance, and back to anger, back to bargaining. Um, but usually acceptance is obviously the last one. Yeah. But you can experience it multiple times. And I get where it's coming from. I do. Um, and you don't have to experience grief for just death, as it were. So it can be, you know, like a relationship breakup or, or um, something else. Even even something as mundane as a job loss, you can start feeling um, grief. But the it doesn't really get mentioned the little bits like the amount of times I've had to relay it's okay to feel like that um, yeah. to myself to the rest of my family to friends and they're like well I shouldn't be feeling like that I shouldn't like how how am I meant to feel oh I'm meant to feel like this and I'm like it's almost like this is a guideline you're now entering grief um yeah. <laughs> and this is a guideline of what you will experience it's not true it's no that's just a small part of it just a, a small part of mm. and it's weird how nobody well my, nobody that I have come across I may be wrong and I hope to goodness I am um when people go right I'm feeling okay I'm feeling happy like the, there's a lot of people who are laughing at my dad's funeral um because my dad was a phenomenal man absolutely phenomenal and he's you know I looked up to him tremendously um and the stories that people would come out with of with you know whether he was at work or whether he was at home, um, and I was laughing, gut laughing, you know. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, I'm at a funeral. I shouldn't, be, I should be laughing at my funeral, at my, my funeral, at my dad's funeral. Yeah. Um, I should be somber. I should be crying. I should be angry. I should be, you know like I should I should be something yeah yeah uh, I mean the the same thing happened my granddad's funeral we're, we're all absolutely laughing at what what like, some of the stories people were coming out with like exactly the same sort of thing like gut laughing you sort of like not I am at the funeral and when you think of a funeral or you I think it's mainly like television and stuff because like you watch telly and stuff and there's a funeral it's all very serious and that's not you like celebrating that person's life which is what a funeral is you're like celebrating the person that that person was like and and on the telly it's just everyone like sitting around and like crying and that's that's like I mean you do you do do that but I mean that's not the whole thing yeah I don't know why they don't mention that they don't bring that up like I, I don't know why I remember this it's just come coming to my head where there was an advert for EastEnders can't stand that show like, oh no. <laughs> but it was somebody had died and it was a special because it was their funeral and this was a yeah. few years ago obviously and um my family didn't watch EastEnders but EastEnders was was huge on tonight this program is going to be completely cancelled to make way for EastEnders and you're like yes and I you know just get dad going why can't I see Country File like something like but I want to see the one show I don't want to see EastEnders I don't care but it was it's a huge huge program isn't it it's a huge uh almost 
trying to show real life and they were trying to um, relate to real life. But when it, you see a funeral or a wedding or not every single wedding, somebody breaks, uh, I don't know, the, the altar. Not every single funeral does somebody get raped or something. It's so, so dramatic. Yeah, um, it's very dramatic. And it it's they don't show the little bits. Maybe because it's not just good TV. It's just not good TV. It's no, because it's it's too much like real life. Yeah, and nobody wants to see that. <laughs> like nobody nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to see it. They want to they want to see that so and so character died and their funeral was immense and then you know, Janet got with Bob in the <laughs> closet and somebody fell over. I don't, I don't know. Just almost carries on. Um, I do remember, I think I remember reading about it as well, that a lot of adults, definitely, but a, a, a lot of people after a funeral, they'll, they'll have sex with their partner. Or maybe not even with their partner, but you know, one night stand or whatever. Actually, I found that quite. I, I the reason I read about it is because it happened. And you're like, why? You know, I'm with my husband. This is this is a fine, it's absolutely fine to do. I this is normal, but it's I shouldn't yeah. I should not be doing this. It was a very very weird <laughs> thing, yeah. and it, it made me Google: Is this okay? <laughs> Am I weird? <laughs> but I suppose that's some some way to feel comfort. Yes. Yeah, I guess. Um, and I'm not seeing that in these five things, unless you cast it as depression. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't oh. angry. <laughs> it, wasn't <odd. laughs> it wasn't angry sex. Denial, at least. I guess I'm in denial about it. Emma, I don't know. <laughs> um bargaining sex is a bit that's another story um but yeah and I wasn't at uh I wasn't at granddad's funeral but with the funeral I I was at before dad's was my auntie's and my family are big on the one side yeah on my side it's quite small and she had a lot of uh children who had children there was cousins and, and aunties and uncles I'd never met and you know they'd all had children it was just it was just crazy and I'm sat there like going it's just me and my two brothers <laughs> just sitting here not not necessarily knowing what's going on and we didn't talk to him rarely I didn't know him. I was too young. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Like I, I feel like you don't you don't even see or notice how big your family is until something like that happens. It's either someone's wedding or a funeral, mm. maybe a christening, very occasionally, but there'll be so many people. So all my cousins that are like the same generation as me, they've all got kids. Mm. And their kids are either slightly younger than I am or of a similar age. Mm. Um, but past that, I'm sort of a bit lost. Like, there's a few cousins that I sort of grew up going to those sorts of things with, like, weddings or, like, someone's christening. There'd be a load of us together. And because we were of a similar age, they're my second cousins. So those of I was a similar age to we'd all like muck around together and they're the only ones that I really sort of massively keep in contact with and yeah. even then it's sort of like a very sort of like um hi uh, you're right very occasionally mm, um, yeah. but apart from that you sort of go to them and you go oh when I when or we when we were hanging out like us ones that are now in our 20s we're looking down at the ones that are like turning 
18 or something but to us they were the babies so we're sort of just like how are you now like six foot tall and can like tie your own shoelaces <laughs> it's just crazy families are just just yeah the relationship between them amongst it's so complex as well you know they say you can't choose your family yeah. Yeah, you, you can't choose your family. Um, and it's, it's I guess in that, that kind of is a huge uh, influence on grief if somebody passes on. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I said. Like... In that sort of sense, though, you sort of all come together. It doesn't matter if you haven't spoken to them you don't necessarily get along with them you're all there for the person that's that's passed so none of that other stuff matters you all bond over all of your fond memories you've had with that person I remember saying to my uh cousin see you next funeral which was yeah. literally one of the worst things I could possibly have said um but it was true we were literally seeing each other at you know those kind of events and yeah it made it feel like more of a oh auntie blah 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 and uncle blah, blah, blah. you know it's like oh I get to catch up with so and so this is quite right um like in a dad's funeral I saw a lot of my brother's friends who had all known uh known dad really well and um grew up I guess with them he, he got involved with the boys <laughs> yeah um so they really they all came over and paid their respect and and a lot of them would say oh my gosh you're your baby I remember you in nappies and I'm like yeah I'm I'm 20 I'm past that stage now (laughs) yeah like I'm really old now like I have gray hair myself and you look old but it's like (laughs) but yeah it's it's a it was a just to not see somebody for that long and then all of a sudden they rock up and you're like oh I remember you in nappies cheers yeah it's also really nice that people who you've not necessarily seen for a while or like they dip into people's lives that that the pe- those people show up at funerals I remember mm. being at my aunt's that day that we found out my grandma had died and I remember going over and like seeing my aunt and everything and we're all having conversations and my aunt was going out oh, to be honest I don't think that many people are going to come like I don't I honestly don't think many people are going to come to his funeral like he's it's well in his 80s now. The only places he was going to was up to like a little independent pub that he always used to go up up to. And like the two people who uh, ran it would look after him because they, they'd known him for years. Um, and like, I remember my, my aunt just being like, I really don't think people will come. And we walked into that church that day and... And on the way back out, there were so many people like just stood up at the back. There weren't enough seats for them. They were just like all stood up, like just like lining the way out. And it was just so, so like overwhelming mm-hmm. on the, the support you get from from the community almost that you've you've not seen for so long. And then you'd speak to them and they'd be like, oh your your granddad used to take me to work with him and I learned how to do this with him and it yeah it's just it's a nice sense of sort of like community and and support that must have been a huge loss felt then with your granddad yeah I think I think because he'd lived in the same same area like he'd only moved like across the road in a little cul-de-sac it wasn't even that big it was just enough to turn your car around and he just moved so the back of their three-story house um backed onto the cul-de-sac and his 
his house was opposite where the house is and then just like across the other side of the road so like diagonally opposite where it was so he'd been in that in that area for so long um that so many people knew him and I mean small town isn't it small town everyone sort of knows everyone and when you're not the the village idiot it's quite a nice community again yeah <laughs> it's always fun um yeah it's I can't remember how many were at my granddad's funeral. Well, obviously, I wasn't there myself, so I know that Mum put a a bit in the in the newspaper. Um, yeah, I think I think that's the sort of done thing to do. I remember them doing it for my granddad's funeral as well. It'd go in the newspaper. He got a lot of uh, response um, from people who he'd worked with, who Mum didn't necessarily know yeah and a bit of response from the war as well um we had he'd he'd fought in the uh world war ii um and his he never mentioned anything he never he never well i lie no he did mention things towards the end uh, and I think it was more of a reflection kind of thing. And because I was connected to the um, to the forces in some roundabout weird way, and uh, with my husband being ex Navy, he would talk to to him until the cows come home. Yeah. Um, which would absolutely baffle me and Mum because he'd be like. You haven't said a thing. Like we didn't know any of this, you know. And all of a sudden, he's coming up. But you relate, don't you? It's like, okay, well, I'm happy to talk about a complete and utter random stranger about scuba diving, and yeah, because you relate to them, and, and they may not be able to talk to their sister or their brother or their mum or their dad about it because they just don't get it. Yeah, they don't get the the ins and outs of it. Mm. Um, so they, I think you always leave a little, especially with the community kind of thing, you leave a little footprint with different people at different um, different times of their life, um, which can trigger loss when, or trigger grief when there's loss of it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's very... I find it is very um, laid out for you how you should feel, and yet it it's totally different for for everyone who it's totally different for everybody in general, and then totally different for everybody's person they've lost at that time. So, like one person could react totally different to their dad or mom to another person but then act the same way about the granddad because they were more of a father figure or they were more of you know in, yeah in that person's life and it's I, I don't like the idea that it's so laid out for you I think although it's a good guideline this this grief stage is is almost detrimental to some people yeah, it's sort of, it. instead of it coming as like five stages of um, grief, it should it should have some form of disclaimer with it. Like, <laughs> that's not the set way you're going to feel. Mm. You might not feel like any of that in, in any form of way at all. You might feel completely differently. Yeah, and if you do it's okay yeah <laughs> um I remember having I've never said this before but I remember having um a horrendous feeling of freedom um when when dad passed that 
I've felt guilty of ever since because my dad, like I said, my dad was, was fantastic. There was no issues with our relationship. He was, he was, you know, a marvelous man. Um, and I was very lucky to be in country when he passed. Um, so I got to say goodnight to him. Yeah. Um, and it didn't come on straight away either, this feeling. It was very weird. But because my dad was such an inf- such a huge influence on me, yeah, I always felt like what he said goes, yeah, without actually saying that. So, like for example, if if I wanted to go on holiday to a certain country, for example, and Dad went, "Oh no, you can't go there because of X, Y, and Z," then I would either not go or, or reevaluate, yeah, and try and find a reason as to why why do I necessarily need to go here why can't I go next door yeah another country or whatever um and when when he 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 went I guess I had that freedom to not worry about disappointing him anymore and not worry about um trying to impress him and not impress him trying to make him be proud of me anymore yeah which looking back is I feel silly for thinking that yeah yeah it still happened (laughs) yeah I think it's it uh, they do say grief grief does funny funny things Mm. um but I, I think the way that they set it out, like like the five stages, is is just nuts because you you are your body and the way you you react to things and like your feelings are, are very much validated whether whether they fit into that or not, mm. and like that there would have been like a a set reason for you feeling like that like like you said you felt like he was like the sort of like authority sort of person in your life that you'd you'd go to with with harder decisions Mm -hmm. and that that can also play quite a big part on you to feel that sort of pressure for every decision you're going to make like well I I should be asking about that I should I should be like making sure that 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 decision is sort of like approved of yes yes definitely um even silly silly little things like I something that I would talk to my husband about I'd then go and talk to my dad about yeah you you obviously have a very good close relationship Mm. to to be able to speak to him and and go to him with like anything you needed mm. it was almost too much I think because to to be able to feel the freedom yeah maybe um, you on you you didn't realize that there was that pressure there in until it until it wasn't I think that's a good it's a very good point because you if somebody's feeling something that doesn't make much sense at the time that they're feeling it, I guess it's it's the same with goes with the relief. Like we said, like the when somebody's been suffering for so long and then when they leave it's sense of relief and you shouldn't be feeling that because that's not part of how you should be feeling, etc. Yeah. I guess it's it's highlighting that, oh I I was worried. I was getting frustrated at getting like he he needed to be at peace. He needed to, you know, like I felt so strongly with my granddad because he was putting so much strain on my mum. I could see my mum deteriorating. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Um, it. And I I almost felt quite angry with him for for hanging on 
and it's like it's not his fault it's not his it's nothing to do with anything as such but I was like if he doesn't you know feeling like oh my god if he doesn't go soon it'll, my mom's gonna go before him yeah um, you can see the stress and strain that that's put on put on your on your mum in that sort of in that sort of sense yeah I can imagine the same would be for your aunties if they were so involved in it yeah they they felt I think they probably felt the sort of like like the relief and the sort of freedom feeling because like they wouldn't have my aunt wasn't able to like go on long holidays and she'd retired a few years before but she wasn't able to like enjoy her retirement and she was saying things like I I just it, it sounds bad but I am relieved that now I can begin like this is my time now I and I think my I, I think she I, she said to me that my granddad had said something like that to her in the hospital like it's it's her time now to to look after her and enjoy herself because she spent so long focusing and looking after my grandmother that she couldn't she couldn't really travel too far away and if she traveled if she traveled to somewhere in the in the country or in the UK she'd she'd have to make sure that she was within a certain distance to be able to get back to him and she had someone looking after him too so it's it was very, very strenuous on her. And I I have nothing but respect for her for, for everything she did over those 10 years to um to help him out. She she was absolutely wonderful, but I can imagine she also felt the sense of relief much more than I mean, we all felt it as a family, like he's not in pain and suffering anymore, but she she must have definitely felt it to be um to be the like sole primary carer yeah that must have been a lot because they obviously had like um power of attorney and everything over my granddad in the end so that's quite a big pressure to have um and it must have been a big strain because you see it as your parents are supposed to look after you and then you get to a certain point and you realize well now it's my turn to look after them but you don't you when they've got an illness like that you don't realize how intensely you're going to have to mm. yeah it's, it's, it's all, I mean mum never he had carers he mum never did the personal care of, of granddad but it was he he would say it's your turn now like your turn to, to to look after me. Like, where are you? Yeah, the the sort of like emotional, um, really emotionally, um, straining on someone when you mm. when you're talking to them like that. I mean, that I couldn't imagine someone uh, speaking to me or or someone close in that sort of manner as much as it she obviously was um his daughter but I feel like it maybe it's also a generational thing it could be yeah that we've got that I mean the generation jump for for us is quite a huge one um because you've got grandparents who they were in the wars and then you've got their children who are are now grandparents to a lot of people as well but um they were you know they could my my dad was a a baby boomer so he was you know the war was ended 1947 he was born so yeah you get that and then all they know is is rationing and what their parents went through and and they you know I, there's no nhs there was no uh benefit system of sorts until they were older and had children themselves so then their children had a huge difference in 
in growing up like um my dad and my brother remember the unions with the bricklaying trade um and I've not witnessed that at all yeah and yet yes. you know, it's almost another generation again so the struggle and, and and hardship and etiquette and mannerisms and expectations like the workhouse the workhouse isn't that old no no um, it's not not that old is it it's it's like everything sort of hit a bit of a fast forward it, yeah definitely and I I find that um my my mum would say repeatedly that my my dad uh, my granddad never dealt with his wife's death so my nan's death he could yeah it was a stiff upper lip and move on carry on with your day yeah and my mum never realized how much it affected her until her dad passed yeah because I can imagine if you have a parent that's sort of like stiff upper lip carry on and that's your mum's mum I mean I don't I don't know what age she was when she died but I mean if if you're trying to go to someone close to you who felt love for that person the same way mm-hmm. as like a sort of comfort thing and they're sort of like oh well that's that's that carry on um it's going to affect you because you're you've probably not had as much as a chance to grieve as you should have done mm, yeah and then it's almost like a pressure cooker yeah. of of a, of a suppressed feeling that all of a sudden comes out really randomly at somebody else's passing or something else happens you know like, yeah um, she she probably sent felt the sort of thing of relief and be, then being able to grieve for her mum that she lost years prior potentially I, I I don't know on that one she doesn't it, she's so used to not um expressing emotions herself because that's how she was brought up I guess yeah um, yeah I think I think that's a very I think it's you can definitely tell generate gen genera- generationally <laughs> Um, I got there. Generally, I can't. I can't say it again. You heard me the first time. <laughs> Generationally, um, of um, of like how emotions are meant to be hidden, because there's such an age gap between my parents. My my dad sort of of the generation of like you. What are you crying for? You don't need to stop. Stop it, like no form of emotion sort of thing very just straight down the middle like you're not like yeah it's not don't show your emotions that sort of thing mm-hmm. my mum my on the other she sort of struggles with that she tosses between the two of like well why why do you know what I mean she yeah. it's yeah it's it's a very strange one um yeah, I think my mum's the same. She's she's a lot more open and she's but she's aware that she or not aware but feels like she shouldn't say something or do something or feel something. Um it's almost like in the background there of no, that's not how we behave when yeah she's letting go of it and going well I I'm having a I'm having a bad day I'm, I'm wobbling I'm having I'm not very well today um and that's obviously gone down onto myself as well of being brought up with I guess man up yeah hard enough uh yeah. the, the the right you cry at this point this point and this point <laughs> yeah. and so it's still kind of filtering down yeah um, I think I think it very much still is it's getting it's definitely getting better but it's but as you as you say it's sort of like 
sometimes you you like I could have like an, an emotional outburst at something something could upset me and I'll just go go off the rails or just start crying or something and then I'm just sort of like well I feel a bit like an idiot like I, yeah. I should like I shouldn't have said said that or done that I should have just kept it all in because because that's the that's the right thing to do yeah or it's irrelevant now yeah how is something that was six months old or whatever or six weeks old why is it making me cry now and I, oh for goodness get over yourself and you're saying it to yourself yeah yeah um, and be- because you've got this sort of um I want to say like mannerism but I don't know if that's the right word of it of it like coming down through of like filtering down through you sort of don't say anything or do anything when something say upsets you and then it all builds itself up mm-hmm. and then you hit the point and you have the emotional outburst where you're like well why am I why am I upset about that thing that I that that happened so many weeks ago mm-hmm. I find as well if you're if you're of the moment where it's like right today is my bad day <laughs> yeah put it in the calendar but like say you these 24 hours are going to be hard for me and then people who have experienced the same kind of loss although a different member of the family uh so me and my mum with my dad for example yeah we couldn't have a, we couldn't have a bad day together yeah you 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 have to be there for for each other so you feel like your bad day couldn't be the same day because you've got to be there to help Mm. it's it's a a support network isn't it you feel like you've got to be there to help them when they're having their down day and they'll be there to reciprocate that for you yeah and when you're both having a bad day it doesn't it does not go down well um, no, the world is ending. Basically, yeah. Uh, because, you know, if you're having a bad day that requires you to cry, and I have a bad day that requires me to be angry, because last time it was crying. Yeah. You can't, like, what are you crying for? Stop crying. I can't deal with this. I'm so angry about it. Like, Why are you arguing? And you shouldn't yeah. be arguing because you both should be there for each other. And it's should and should and should all the time, isn't it? It's Yeah. And you have to kind of, it's hard to take a step back um, and analyse anything because that's what you've been doing anyway, going, well, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Or something as ridiculous as, oh, my goodness me, why do I miss my granddad or my or my auntie or my mother or whatever? They, they passed a long time ago now I should be over it I hate the word should <laughs> I really do I, I hate I, especially when it comes to loss and when it comes to the the, the whole concept of <laughs> grieving for some someone yeah because it it never it never really stops because <sighs> something will remind you or it will be around the same time as year that you've lost them and then like their favorite song could come on the radio mm-hmm. and then that's it you're like oh I, I, I'm, I'm a mess for the, the, the rest of the day do you know what I mean and I was at a loss um, with the same like the, the songs that come on some days you can deal with it some days you're like oh that's really like let's turn it up and let's dance to it yeah yeah like some days I catch me putting songs on that remind me of them and I'll be singing and dancing around my kitchen and then other days it will be like either like around their birthday or like around the time of year where you lost them and the song will come on randomly and you won't be expecting it and it'll just hit you like a ton of bricks Mm -hmm. and that could happen years afterwards like years so I guess that why did he have to like Tina Turner um I guess (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's good it's it I mean when they do mention like the five stages and 
you do bounce between the lot I guess you know when you're dancing around it's classed as acceptance and you're you're joyous and you're okay with it all and then when you can't deal with it you can't deal with the song you could go into denial or depression I guess it, it, it can be slotted in somewhere um but the the concept of it being set out and being so like here's a set time frame of you being able to do it is just absolute horse manure because it just there isn't there isn't a set time there isn't a set motion of cogs that turn or any of that and and if if you it all bases around the relationship that you had with that person and if there's anything hidden anything suppressed anything that you saw that you didn't like um like I the resentment that I started to have towards my granddad towards the end was yeah you know that's it you you sort of lose yourself in it you lose Mm. who who you are as a person yeah because you just kind of it, it especially when it is a long-winded um, death, I guess, when it's inevitable and you're getting the phone calls once a week, once a month, once a, you know, once a, like it's, it's, ta- it's time, it's coming to time, it's, it's whatever, and you're just there, oh, for goodness sake, and just go. <laughs> and you feel so selfish. Um, yeah. Because it's like, why am I saying just go? Like, I don't want them to go. And you don't. You don't want the relationship that you had with that person and the connection that you had with that person when they were fit and healthy and, and being a granddad. Um, you don't want that to go. And right now, that is that is meant to be that connection when it's not. It's 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 something else and it's almost like I want to grieve for you I want to remember you as my granddad please whatever's going on now just go so I can do that um yeah it makes it makes it harder for you to remember the good I suppose mm. because because that was the last portion especially near when they die that because you can over time you sort of the bad stuff doesn't really matter Mm. over time you sort of learn to sort of I suppose accept it in a way that's that's what happened there's nothing you can you can do to change it as as horrible as it was to go through and and witness um, and then you then you just end up reflecting on the on the good things. Yeah, and that that's that's the light, I guess. Yeah. Of it. I mean, it, it, with Dad, it was sometimes I would say I'm glad that he went the way he did, which was so quick. Um, yeah. Because it, I didn't see him deteriorate because my dad's invincible. Yeah. And my and dad it, had to die with his with his hard hat on. <laughs> he had to. There's no other way around it. Yeah, and and then you've you see that person in the light of the person they were, mm. as like your dad being invincible, and then you don't have to see him suffer or deteriorate in any way with a with an illness. Mm. When I guess it's if somebody's got something like you mentioned depression uh, not depression but, oh, dementia yeah they they're sort of a they're sort of a stranger by the end like you can the the shape of the person is still the person you you know and you love um and there's still glints of them coming through but they are they are sort of a sort of a stranger in a way um 
to you, which which becomes sad because you. Uh, I mean, my God had never deteriorated massively until right near the end where he started having like the mini strokes and the falls and all of that sort of stuff when he was in hospital. That's when he was really ill, but like he'd still go to the pub once a week. He'd get like picked up and dropped off up there. And like I said, they're really nice people mm. and they, they'd known him for years, same small town thing. Um, and he'd still go to the pub and then he'd bring him back and he'd have a couple of beers and he'd still climb over the fence to get into his bungalow as opposed to walking around the corner and going through the gate. He'd still like climb over his fence in his like mid to late 80s. Like nothing would stop him. Um, That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, like, my granddad was... 90 odd when he passed so the <laughs> sheer thought of him walking up to his fence and jumping over is just it, it no <laughs> he'd have looked at it and gone no <laughs> so but you you would have thought my grandma would have been like that I mean after a couple of pints and like being being like he's been probably pretty frail um just taking a step up, swinging your leg over and getting over the fence instead of just walking 10 paces to the left and going through the gate. Um, but it, it was really nice. And I, when my grandma went into hospital in the end, my, my aunt had to look after his dog. And he was, he was a, a entire male. He never got done. <laughs> and I remember going to my granddad and being like, what's Pickles doing in there? And he'd be like, oh, he's just shagging the bed sheets again. And Vickles would literally just be in the other room, just like checking his bed sheets. Um, and he'd be like, I've already made my bed three times today. He keeps doing that. <laughs> um, but my aunt had to look after Pickles and he was an older dog, so they couldn't actually get him done. Um, they, they got him before my nan, before my nan passed away. And I remember my nan absolutely hating him. Like, Bless. yeah. Joe, get that dog off me. And he'd be like trying to hunt for us. No. Um, he was, he was he a nightmare. He a whale of a time. <laughs> he is, yeah. He's a nightmare. But um, they couldn't get him done. And when they realised my granddad wasn't going to come out of it and everything, they got Pickles put down. Okay. Um, which was a hard decision because he was like, he'd been part of the family as well. Um, but my aunt already had two dogs and I mean, sending, sending him to live with my sister who had a kid and there was, there was basically no one who could take him and he, he did what he liked all day with my granddad and my granddad didn't care. So um, the, the vets and my aunt and everyone came to the decision, they put him down and he was buried with my granddad. He was in the, his ashes they got his ashes back before my granddad passed and it was his funeral and they put his ashes in with my granddad so he was buried with his dog in the same grave as my nan so, so she, they has were to, all, uh, she has to deal still, with him she's still got the dog she won't be very happy that that dog's been sent with him but <laughs> well thank you very much abby um you're welcome